Hey, everybody, and welcome to the SoFlow Circle podcast, South Florida's business podcast, where we talk to owners and entrepreneurs about what they've learned throughout the journey of growing their companies. My name is Tim Davis, and I'm your host. And today on the podcast, we have Alexa Carlin, founder and CEO of Women Empower X, or WEX for short. WEX is the premier event for female leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives. Alexa and I talk about running an event-based business during the COVID-19 pandemic, the personal challenges of growing a business and her incredible story of going from having a 1% chance to live to being on a mission to make a difference in at least one person's life every day. That's enough from me. Let's get to it. All right. Welcome everybody to the SoFlow Circle podcast. My guest today is Alexa Carlin, the CEO and founder of Women in Power X. It is May 2020. So uh, us and probably many of you are locked away at home right now. But Alexa, thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. How are you? What's what's new? First of all, what's your sort of lockdown quarantine update? Yeah, um, it's been pretty difficult. I mean, the last couple of weeks have been a bit better, but I have been quarantined for basically two months now. Um mm. Because I I have an autoimmune disease, so it's been a little uh, frightening to even you know go to the grocery store. So luckily, I have my family uh, to do that for me. But it's uh, it's been tough. And then also on the business side of things, I run an in person event company, and I'm a public speaker. So <laughs> that's Brutal. been a little bit challenging as well. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I mean, I totally understand the whole live event thing. My my other job is running a, a theater company here in Fort Lauderdale, and all we do is gather people in a room and tell stories, and we are not doing that anymore, at least right. currently. Um, so how have you, you know, with the, with the public speaking, and are, have you transitioned things to online? Um, are you doing podcasts, or how are you sort of filling the, the time now that you can't travel and speak in rooms anymore? Yeah, good question. So... Uh, most of the gigs that I, well, actually all of them, but one. So about five gigs I had booked to travel in April and May uh, were all postponed. And one of them was actually uh, transitioned to a virtual event, but these were with uh, universities and colleges around the country. Mm. So um, other than that, uh, all of them are still kind of holding on to hopefully see if we could do in person this fall. Some may be looking at virtual this fall, but what um, we've been doing with my company, Women in Power X, is we're focused on an initiative that we were focused on in January of this year. Now we just kind of have to do it quicker, and also we have yeah. more time to do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. we're looking to bring together our community that attends our events together online. And so what we're working on right now is a digital platform that really will empower women in business to continue to connect and collaborate. And how can we create those authentic connections, get the right people in the right room at the at, or in the virtual room at the mm -hmm. same time to further where they are in their career and where they want to be. And then also dive deeper into some of the things that we talk about and, and host at our events. So we have workshops at WEX about cash flow management or how to start a podcast or um, how to invest in cryptocurrency. So like all different things, but all focused on your, your growth in different areas of your life. And 
with the business take on it. And so we're, we're looking on creating that a similar experience online. And uh, so that's kind of what me and my team have been working on currently. Yeah. I think a lot of people in businesses are probably realizing that the things they're being forced to do right now would probably be good to have or to do regardless. Uh, And this is sort of forcing their hand or expediting the process of uh, creating digital communities and online content and archives of information and uh, ways to connect with our businesses. Uh, I want to ask a little bit the history the history of of uh, Women in Power X of WEX, which is a great that's a great acronym like shorthand name. <laughs> Thank that's you. Like, makes it super easy. Um, where did this idea come from? Uh, I love the values of collaboration over competition and exploring your website and seeing the work that you've been able to do and seeing sort of your own story as an entrepreneur from high school and then kind of a crazy story, it sounds like. Uh, The story is mentioned briefly (laughs) online. I'd love for you to share uh, some of it. Um, How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. So I started my first business when I was a uh, senior in high school, uh, my first real business, I'll say. And it was to design jewelry for an LA-based fashion company with the mission to raise funds to help build schools in Africa to help villages become self-sustainable through education. And mm-hmm. I became the sole licensee for this well-known fashion brand that was backed behind like with Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Zac Efron. And that was my first dive into entrepreneurship. And I just fell in love end. with wow. Yeah, turning an idea into reality. And again, like I did not know anything. I didn't know how to find a manufacturer to make my bracelets. I didn't know drop shipping. I, I taught myself how to code my own website through iWeb. Like I I mm. t- printed the labels from Office Depot on like cardstock paper. <laughs> yeah. So it was very much like use the resources and knowledge that you have and and run with it. And mm-hmm. then that led to uh, a blog I started while in college with the mission to instill confidence in young girls and women. And through this blog, we started a movement to redefine perfection. And we got uh, tons of different celebrities to join on. Mark Cuban, Shaquille O'Neal, Steve Madden, Rebecca Minkoff, um, so many different influential thought leaders. And and that really was because I saw that confidence was holding me back. Um, I was always afraid to share what I was doing, the really... Um, you know, throughout my journey, we've all probably have dealt with our own form of self-doubt, bullying, um, trying to mm. fit in, you know, figuring that out. And I saw that confidence was either going to help me grow or was going to hold me back. And mm. and I knew other people were relating to that. And so that was kind of the mission behind that blog. But while I was growing this, um, now I was getting into my senior year and it was January, and this was in 2013, and I was set to graduate in May. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, this bacteria got into my bloodstream and started killing all of my organs, and my body went into septic shock. I was induced into a medical coma for six days in the ICU for 10 and given a a 1% chance of living. So that changed my life forever because- Not only was this near-death experience traumatizing, and especially with what we're dealing with today, I mean, um, they never found the the cause of it. It could have been from the flu. It could have mm. been from a number of different things. Um, 
but you know, a ventilator was my life support. And Mm. I went into the emergency room having a hard time being able to breathe. And then they were pumping me with fluids because I was severely dehydrated. My blood pressure was so low. And then that turned into severe pneumonia. And it is scary um, not being able to breathe. And and that's why then that's, you know, then they saw my body was going into shock. So is definitely hard um, during this time. There's definitely been a lot of post-traumatic stress that's come I was about. Say, this just must be so triggering in every way. What's happening? Right oh now? yeah, so many different ways too. Especially even in the quarantine. So um, going on with the story, I was yeah. I ended up um, so I was in the IC for about ten days, but I ended up being able to still graduate on time in May and moved to New York City. Got my dream job working at InStyle Magazine. And I was still writing my blog on the side. And then I was starting to get sick again, um, different type of, of feelings. And I ended up being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease because of all those antibiotics that were pumping in my my system. It destroyed my entire gut system. And yeah. so that was very difficult. I had to move back home to South Florida to gain support from my family during this time because New York City is definitely not a place to be when you are trying to heal. Mm-hmm. And... um. And so this entire process, um, it, it was difficult. I spent from, so I, I was, uh, the near-death experience happened when I was 21. I was diagnosed with the autoimmune six months later. I was now 22. Mm-hmm. And from 22 to really 25, um, I was so sick. I mean, my reality was in and out of doctors, in and out of the hospital. Um, and for about eight months, I was like stuck at home because I was too sick to even walk mm. my dog outside. And so I've been, I, I didn't realize it in the beginning, but after being quarantined for this length of time, about two weeks ago, it kind of hit me where the trigger, like, you know, I'm in this same situation. Obviously, yeah. it's very different now. I'm very healthy today. Yeah. I mean, I still live with my autoimmune, but I'm I'm much healthier than I was. But it still obviously has that trigger of like moving backwards and and being stuck and waiting mm-hmm. for your life to change before you can go out and live it. And and so that's been that's been hard. But I try to remind myself that through every challenge I've been through, including that near-death experience, including being stuck at home, including my autoimmune disease, it led me to the path I'm on today. And during that time, um, when I was quarantined back then, um, I actually like was trying to heal myself through food. So I wrote a gluten-free vegan cookbook. I started sharing my story on live stream when, when it was Periscope days. Um, and, and that, uh, led me to once I was, once I was healthy enough to start speaking, you know, to any audience that would give me the opportunity in South Florida. And Mm -hmm. when I would pitch myself to all different organizations, meetup groups, uh, just to speak for free and share my story. And when no one would give me the opportunity, I still had that passion inside of me. And that's when I decided to put on my own event. Mm. And it was a small meetup group under my blog's name at the time. Five people showed up and I was like so excited. (laughs) (laughs) But that was my first dive into public speaking. And Mm. then my next event, 15 people. Next event, 30 people. And soon enough, people in my audience, they hosted their own uh, local events, asked me to speak. And and that grew. um, And I started to speak more and more until I got my first paid gig a year later. 
And Mm. through this journey of public speaking, I learned so much, but that's where I saw the need in South Florida for an event like WEX, for a community like WEX, because I was speaking to so many different groups, but they were so um, niched out. For example, this, you know, events would just be millennials at this event, or Mm. this event would just be women further along in their career, or this event would just be people part of the tech sector or public Mm. relations or whatever it may be. And I just thought, you know, we, it's such a small community and every, you guys are doing amazing things. How much change can happen if we connect and collaborate with diverse people and get different ideas going around? So that was what really led to the inspiration behind the concept for WEX and my own journey of feeling that in order for me to continue going, you have to feel supported in some way because that fuels your empowerment to do the things that seem so scary and big, knowing that you have that community of support. Yeah. And I, I think so many of us, when we're starting businesses or pursuing passions, we, we get stuck in our own head very quickly and assume I'm the only one who has these problems. No one else gets it. And I think the type of work that you do, it, destigmatizes insecurity. It, it destigmatizes uh, confusion, not knowing how to do something. Other people have gone before you and not known how to do things. Uh, that idea you said of redefining perfection, it destigmatizes this idea of what, what perfection is when all these people are being gathered in a room and ideas are being shared. Um, mm-hmm. tell, me, tell me a little bit about... Uh, so it's, it started... Uh, it's you started as uh, Women Empowerment um, Expo, uh, which was purely an event, I'm guessing, or like a gathering, and then it's sort of grown into this larger experience, uh, becoming Women Empower X. Talk about that transition and journey a little bit. Yeah, so when I was doing these smaller events, a friend of mine he was putting on expos around the health and wellness communities and and yoga. And he was hosting them at the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. And he saw the momentum I was building among women. And he said, have you ever thought about doing this on a larger scale? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, first first to backtrack, I've never thought I'd be in the event industry. Like I didn't study <laughs> hospitality or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I said, yeah, I mean, I would love to do it on a bigger scale. Because my, my mission has always been to make a difference in at least one person's life every single day. And I saw mm. with events how you can multiply that very quickly. Yeah. And and so I kind of, uh, he introduced me to um, some, the people at the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. And I went all in. I put $2,000 deposit down and just ran with the idea. And the, that 2000 was from my other business ventures that I saved up. Uh, and the first one was called the Women Empower Expo. Mm-hmm. And it was very focused on all different types of things. I mean, we had chiropractors speak, we had yoga classes, we had a, a full, like a, a trade show floor um, with all different booths and shopping. And we had a fashion show. So there was a lot of different things going on. And after this first event, I saw the women that came out. I met them. I, I connected with them. I heard their stories. And um, we before even the first event took place, though, I already booked the DC Convention Center. 
So before wow. I even tested this idea, I went all in on the DC Convention <laughs> Center, put a deposit down, uh, which is non-refundable. But <laughs> I, I said even before this first event, I was like, I want to show that we're here for real change. And what better place to show that than DC? And um, I took a chance. And so mm-hmm. after the first event, we went to DC that next spring, which was now um, in May of 2017. Our first event was in October of 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a huge success. Our first event in Fort Lauderdale had about 1,000 people show up. And we had the same turnout in DC. And again, I did not, it was all grassroots marketing completely. Wow. And, um, and then we hosted the second event uh, event in South Florida and it was growing and more and more people, when I would look back at the videos that our, our team captured of different interviews and people talking and, or people coming up to me and, and they said, this is an experience like I've never been to before. The energy, the collaboration, people always talk about the energy and the diversity of the event. We attract Mm. very diverse community, women, all different ages, all different ethnicities from all over the world now Mm. and all different industries. And so they kept on saying it's more than an expo, it's this experience. And so in uh, January of 2019, um, we decided to uh, change it to Women Empower X. And X stands for that experience hmm. um, that you have as as an individual walking through those doors. And, and it grew into more of just an event, but this platform that we connect this diverse community. What's something you wish you had known when you first started out? And you, you can choose whichever starting point because you've got, you've definitely got different starting points for different things in the last decade. Um, what's, yeah, what's something you wish you knew when you started out? I wish I knew to trust the, the focus point that I decide on and stay consistent with that. And what I mean by that is, there's so many opportunities out there and it's really easy to get caught up and say yes to all of them. But in order to really scale anything, you have to give it your full heart and attention. And, and it's hard because then you, you may not see results right away, especially on the income side. And you're thinking, well, you know, maybe I could try this and maybe I could try that. I gave it a good, a good shot for three months, but there's a fine line between pivoting because it's not working and giving up too soon. And, and that's difficult, but I wish I, I knew to stay consistent. Like for example, when I had my blog, I was doing like three YouTube videos a week and I had this whole show and I wish I stayed consistent with that. But again, once you don't see the results you want, you move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so I would say definitely if you're just starting out, um, stay very, very focused. Yeah, do you uh, you mentioned something that I think is so true. It's that fine line of knowing when to pivot and when to keep going and it's I'm sure it's it's different in every circumstance, every person depending on, you know, everyone's experience and makeup and as we all kind of define more and more what we really love, what we really want to do. But do you have any indicators or Anything, any clues into like, okay, maybe I, maybe it's time to pivot or no, that's my, that's my fear speaking. I need to push through or how do you work through that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I had a similar 
experience of this where it took me a while to figure it out. So when I was doing my blog, it was called Hello Perfect. And when mm-hmm. I started this, I was like, this is going to be my career for the rest of my life. We're going to create <laughs> like a healthy media site where it's going to be only good news and it's going to be all inspirational. And mm-hmm. and I was growing this and it was mere, merely just a blog that I was working to grow into a media site. And I had different writers that were interns and and learning the whole social media thing. And and so I was growing and growing and growing this, but the income wasn't there. And we even put, I even created a nonprofit arm and, and tried to get this message into schools and raising money. And so, you know, I kept on trying different things. And, and this was mm-hmm. for, for a long time, many years. Yeah. But when I knew it was time to, instead of, I don't want to say give up, but completely pivot to a new idea because <laughs> yeah. I do believe that every idea go like everything you pursue, it, it leads you to the next thing, right? You learn yes. something from it that you, if you didn't do it, you wouldn't be where you're at today. So yep. it's not like it was a waste or anything. So what happened was I started to really notice the conversation I was having with myself. I kept on saying, Oh, I can't wait until I have enough money to hire someone to manage the website. I can't wait till I have enough money to have someone manage, you know, all the blogs going out. Mm. Um, I can't wait till someone could do the tech side. So I was saying this over and over to myself and I'm like, well, I'm building a website as my business. Like my entire business is around this website. And all I keep on saying is I can't wait till I can hire someone to manage the website. (laughs) So (laughs) that was a key Mm. point and clue that this was not necessarily the right path. The things I loved were speaking and, um, and teaching and, uh, creating, you know, content, uh, in, visual form and like Mm. videos and and stuff. So that gave me a a clear clue. Um, And then this opportunity to look at what I was doing on a smaller scale and make it bigger. Um, And and when I came up with the name Woman Empower X, it felt so right Mm. that um, I still had my blog. But after the first event, I was like, I need to go all in with this. And Again, the blog led to events and the events right. led to Wex. Right. But um, it, it was very hard because I was so emotionally attached to it. Yeah. So I think you have to notice not only what your strengths are, but what do you enjoy doing? And is that where you're spending most of your energy? And again, like right now, I have someone that manages our website, but my business is not a website. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. There's that, there's that matrix about finding, it's like the Venn diagram of what do you, what do you love? What, what are you good at? Um, what do you have an opportunity for? It's like finding that sweet spot in the middle that combines those aspects of, of passion of work. And I think especially in our, in our twenties, we're kind of moving between different circles. It's like, well, I'm good at this and I can make money at that. So I, I need to do that for a while. And okay, I've got this thing on the side that I really love, but it's a hobby. You know, it's not a, it's not a career and mm-hmm. okay. Maybe I have this thing uh, over here. That's a great opportunity, but I don't really enjoy it. So it's like, 
always balancing balancing those things um, kind of reminded me of something you mentioned earlier about creating your own opportunities. That's something that I really connected with in the last several years is this idea of not waiting for anyone else to give me permission to do something, whether it's start a business or make the create the kind of content that I want to create or or make the make make the community that I want to make. It's like not waiting for permission from the outside to do those things, but doing the slow, uh, sometimes difficult work of building those things yourself where you, all of a sudden you have autonomy and ownership has its uh, liabilities, of course, and its uh, challenges. But getting to do those things that are on your own terms and that you kind of envisioned for yourself, there's really, really nothing like that. And it kind of seems like with women empowerment, that's what you are part of what you are imparting to women is like take control, um, lead, lead in, in areas of your life, uh, grow your passions, grow uh, as, as business people and as entrepreneurs. Uh, I'm curious about, you know, what, why women specifically, where does that, which, I mean, I think it's necessary and I think it's great, but I'm curious where your uh, passion for that specifically comes from. And do you want to expand your platform? Yeah, that's a good question. And definitely we advocate, uh, you know, create, don't put your dreams in the hands of someone else. And mm-hmm. so that is all going back to creating your own opportunities if, yeah. if you really feel like this is the right thing for you. And, and regarding women, that's a really good question. Cause when I first started really branding myself on social media before Wex, it was all, you know, it was targeting everyone. Yeah. And I was attracting, um, you know, guys, just all different genders. And, and then this idea for Wex came about and I saw it. Well, one, there, there's a few things. Well, one, you have to niche out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the beginning, um, the more niche you can be in and not that women is that niche, but women in business is a little bit more niche. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more you can, you know, really tailor your target market, uh, it will help you stand out from the crowd versus trying to be everything to everyone. Right. And there was a lot of entrepreneurial events, a lot of business conferences, but nothing of the size that we were creating that was just for women. And I think that it's important for uh, women to feel very safe and, and to have a platform, especially on a stage, to uh, share their their journeys and their experiences and, mm. and feel very vulnerable and transparent. And the women that come out are very vulnerable, very authentic and, and real. And I think the energy around being amongst women really opens that and and also empowering other women to see women like them on stage or having a booth and, and having that business and they're like well if she can do it maybe I can too and and right now yeah. i mean there's so few women when you look at the landscape of even public speakers or founders i mean men still outweigh it uh, you know, women so, so much. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact percentage as of this year, but definitely, um, that's another thing is when people see other people that they can relate to, they may feel, well, if they could do it, maybe I can too. Right. Yeah. That's great. 
Um, in this in this journey of growing your business, uh, what do you think? Or l- let's stick with Wex. What do you what do you consider your biggest failure? And I think we've already redefined failure in a in a good way. Um, but what would you consider your biggest failure, and and what did you learn from it? Mm, good question. Um, I would say my biggest failure. Such a dirty word, I know. I know. <laughs> I kind of, I I kind of like despise it. that word, but I it, it elicits a lot of emotion. That's why I, I, I keep it as a question. Yeah, I mean, um, hmm. I guess I would say my biggest failure was, um, I would say, I guess the consistency on online. I mean, so I would say Mm. mostly um, the opportunity with Vine. Um, Remember Vine Mm. app that came out? Of course. Yeah. So I jumped on that really early on and I didn't stay consistent with it at all. And I missed out on such a big opportunity because even if Vine's not in existence today, that I know so many people that grew so much on that platform and now they're, you know, they still have millions of followers on every other platform. And so I think that was such a big failure. If you want to use that word on my part (laughs) of, of being in the right place at the right time, having the resources I, I could have you know, jumped on it and just doing it here and there. Yeah. Um, so you, so with TikTok, for example, I'm yeah. all in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to ask you if you, if you are on, on TikTok and doing that. Yes, I am. Oh, good. So are you Alexa, Alexa Carlin on TikTok? How do we find you? Uh, Alexa, Alexa Rose Carlin all okay. over social. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what, you might've already answered this, but maybe we can revisit it. But in in this journey of growing, growing Wex, what's, what's been the hardest thing personally you've dealt with? And we, I've talked about this on this podcast before, but this idea that we can't really compartmentalize our, our identities to be, this is my work self. And this is my, my home self and my friend self and my spouse self. And it's like, yes, we wear different hats and under different contexts, we act differently and that's normal and that's great, but we're still, one person moving between these different things and they all affect each other. You know, how, how things happened at work affect what's going on at home. So I'm curious personally, um, kind of maybe as a result of your business, what's been something challenging for you to figure out, wrestle with, overcome? That's a, that's a really good question. I would say, uh, work-life balance. I do not, like that word. (laughs) Um, I think there's, uh, I I go with the strategy of work-life blend because especially as someone that your job is to travel, a lot of times I'm traveling for gigs on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And so I had to figure out, you know, how to blend it versus this is my nine to five and this is my time that I actually live. And I don't think that we should just limit it to that, but regarding how, you know, a challenge showing up in different, as different roles, which we all have, um, for a long time, getting into a relationship was very difficult for me. And Mm. it wasn't so much about the career, but because of my, um, health 
issues. I, you know, had this near-death experience. I was very traumatized by it. And now I live with this autoimmune disease and it was hard to bring myself to open, even though I would share vulnerably about it publicly to bring myself to really be that transparent with another person, um, was really hard. It was very, very difficult because what I have is, isn't it's, it's embarrassing and, and it's, it's hard. And, um, I, I lost a lot of people in my life through it because of how long I was suffering. And mm. I think, you know, I didn't, it, it, it's hard to trust people again because of course people want to be around you when you're happy, but after you've been in a, a dark place for, for years, it's, you see the people that step away and, and I don't, you know, um, all of those people are back in my life. I don't have any, um, grudge against them or anything at all. I just know that people can only handle what they can handle and, and yeah. that's okay. But that was a very difficult part. But this past or last year, I, I, um, I, I kind of worked through that. I had some friends that helped me and, and for some reason I felt, and I've never shared this on a podcast before, but some <laughs> reason I felt that it was one or the other. Not that I thought later down in my life, sure, I'll have a family and everything. Cause that's, you know, a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. But right now I felt like if I wanted to grow this business, I had to be this single powerful individual woman and just, you know, go after it. Hmm. And I, that was definitely blocking because I would still be in the dating scene. I would still be wanting to find a, a person I could share my life with, but I had that mindset. And so until I, I reframe that mindset looking like, well, Beyonce does it. Well, all the people <laughs> on the Today Show do it. Well, right. you know, like, and, and really thinking like, why it doesn't have to be one or the other right now. Um and and it took a while, but right when I felt like I really shifted that mindset, I met someone and um, fell in love and been with him for almost a year now. So, but that definitely was the hardest role to show up in. Yeah. Wow. Th- thank you. First of all, thank you for sharing that. That was pretty vulnerable, <laughs> but also I think really good for people, especially people who start businesses, lead businesses, own businesses, I think- our personal lives tend to complicate things. And I think a lot, I think there's, there's almost like a, it's like, you can't help, you can't help yourself in some ways, this like ambition, this drive to grow things, to build things. But then there's also this deep seated shame around neglecting, neglecting people or neglecting self care or neglecting your uh, relationships. Um, it's just very mm-hmm. complicated. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I just, yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, that was a great, yeah, definitely. great answer. <laughs> uh, have you ever wanted to quit? Like I'm done. I'm going to go work a nine to five and, you know, forget this. I quit. Uh, so I've definitely thought about, I've definitely been in that, that state. And I, I think, almost everyone has at one point, uh, yeah. especially once you hit, you know, year four going into year five, it's kind of like, it, it's hard. Um, year three, I, I mean, all of it's hard, but, yeah. uh, I, 
I've never had I'm go like the thought I'm going to work a nine to five because I did that before and I, I hated it so much. But <laughs> yeah. I've definitely thought about, you know, quitting and taking some time off and then like figuring out what else. But uh, it goes back to like thinking, well, if this wasn't in my life, who would I not who would I be? Because you're not, you know, um, defined by that. But mm-hmm what would I be missing, um, in the, the why in my passion and the feeling. And, and that's so deep for me, like the passion of what we're doing, whether it's events, whether it's speaking, it doesn't matter what form, if we decide to do a completely different form of it, the, the mission and the why behind it, that driving force, I cannot live without that. And, and so it's very much part of who I am. So I never could completely quit. Yeah. But f- but for sure, I've had days that I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? This is so difficult. I could literally yeah. make, you know, so much money going to work <laughs> for a tech company or something. Right. But um, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I get to that. I get to that um, that point now and again where it's like that dark night of the soul. Why am I doing this? I should do something else. And then the thought immediately after that is what else would I do? You know, I would just like find, I would just find some other version of this on a a different medium Mm -hmm. or a different, you know, whatever it is. Um, And I think when, when we, when we approach that answer of like, cause I think some people do like, they probably should really reconsider if, if it's wreaking havoc on your life and if you're not able to take care of yourself because you're trying to build something, um, maybe, yeah, assess that and look at that. But I think if you get to the end of that and your, your soul kind of tells you, you are operating within your why, you know, you're operating, you're finding this sweet spot where, uh, your passion and the world's hunger meet, I think is, is how that quote puts it. And so pivoting, like we talked about before, I think is a, is a worthy option, but giving up when you've, when you found that sweet gooey center of what you love and you're able to make a living at it, at least to some degree, I think it's, it's a worthy pursuit and more people doing that in the world, I think would be great. Um, what other, what other profession, if you weren't speaking and putting on events, is there another profession that's kind of like, oh, I could, if I could rewire my brain to not want to do this, I'd want to try that. Ah, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, well, it's kind of, it kind of goes with it. I mean, I've always <laughs> wanted my own like talk show and I guess okay. that's kind of still speaking, sure. but I feel like, uh, I guess in a, in a totally different sense to be, um, if I lived in LA, I, I definitely could see possibly me being one of like those red carpet interview people or like on (laughs) E news and stuff. Like I, I think that would be really awesome to do as well. I mean, I guess it has to do with speaking, but in a different way. That's that's very different though. That's yeah. Yeah. That's that's an interesting one. That's fun. Uh, Tell me a little bit about South Florida. So you're from South Florida. You've done, you've done your uh, expos there a couple times. Are you living there now? Like what's, what's your, you travel a lot, obviously. I'd love to just hear kind of your your South Florida story. Yeah, so I, I grew up in South Florida, um, 
And uh, our first event for WEX was at the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went to the University of Florida, which is North, you know, North Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I lived in New York City for a little bit and then moved back to South Florida. And then in 2018, uh, my, my uh, parents moved to Dallas, Texas for a job opportunity. And I stayed in South Florida and lived in Boca Raton um, mm. area. And, you know, I grew up there. So all my friends were there and I had great community there. And I, yeah. I mean, I, I loved it. And, but then I was, you know, my, I'm really close to my family and they weren't there anymore. And I was traveling so much for speaking and it was picking up. So in November of 2018, right after our, our, like the woman in power X there, mm. I packed up all my stuff and I actually, moved it all to my parents' garage in Dallas and then spent from January to April of 2019 traveling for speaking. Uh, I, I, tra- I spoke at like, uh, I think 14 different cities I traveled. Wow. And, uh, and then like my stop was Dallas, Texas, to, like switch out my clothes and yeah. stuff. And, uh, and which was worked really well since it's in the middle of the country and I was right, traveling yeah. all over. But then my little sister got accepted to the vet school in, at NC State. And uh, we, my parents didn't really want to stay in Texas. And we all decided, like super random, let's move with my sister when she goes to vet school to Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. Does <laughs> she hate so that or I, love that? <laughs> no, it's been good because, uh, you know, vet school is so difficult. So to have like... My family's help, mm. you know, with yeah. cooking and just doing the different things so she can focus on her studies. But it's, uh, we haven't been all together for like 10 years because me and my sister are five years apart. So it was either like mm. I was in college or she was in college right. um, or I was living in New York City, whatever it was. But yeah, so I moved here in April of last year. So I've been here a year now. And, okay. um, but I still go back and forth to South Florida because not only do I have friends there, but also still do a lot of business there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love North Carolina. It's it's beautiful. Uh, and it the is. weather. It's, it's been it's, really nice during quarantine yeah. because I have all nature. <laughs> yes, the fresh air. It's so great. Um. So let me see here. I think I have a couple more, a couple more questions that I want to throw your way. Is there anything that you are uh, curious about right now? Hmm, Good question. Besides Uh, how a virus spreads across the world because of bat or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm curious. I mean, it has to, it regards the pandemic, but I'm so curious to see how the world changes from this. Hmm. In good ways and bad ways, um, I'm I'm curious to know because I'm also in the the live event industry. I'm yeah. I'm curious to know the real impact of it. And when you go to Wex, um, I hug every single person. Like if I could create a whole video montage of me saying, "Oh, I'm a hugger. Oh, I'm a hugger." Yeah. <laughs> and oh now gosh. that's like not a realistic thing to do anymore. And that makes me very sad. And, and, you know, how would we take photos six feet 
part. And, and like, even in my speeches, I, I tell everyone to connect enthusiastically and, and run up and hug a random person. And, mm-hmm. and that's really been part of, of the way I show, you know, how to connect authentically. So I'm very curious to how that's going to change in the long term. Obviously, in the short term, we're going to do whatever is, right. is safest for all. But in the long term, meaning like two to three years from now, right? how is it going to change? Yeah, I've been worrying and staying up at night about the, the same things. Do you have a, mm-hmm. a hunch or any ideas or are you... I'm a little bit in denial about it. It's like, I know it's going to be different, but I'm not ready to think about it yet. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a little, I'm the same with you a little bit in denial. I I can't, I can't possibly see a world where we don't have human touch. Yeah. Um, And I say that in in a good way, like a handshake or a high Mm -hmm. five. Uh, But I I think that's part of being a human. We we need that connection. I mean, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like we Mm -hmm. need that connection. We need that sense of belonging. So it's hard for me to believe that. But I do have a hunch where there's going to be, uh, it's going to be different in the sense of there's going to be a segment of people that, are, you know, just going to go back to the way things are and not have any fear. And then there's going to be a segment of people who live with this fear for a long time and don't travel and don't go to big, you know, gatherings. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's going to be a big, uh, disconnect, um, amongst, and I don't know if it's generations. Some people say generations, but I think there's still a lot of young people that are nervous. So I just think uh, different people. Yeah, that was one of my initial thoughts weeks ago was even in the short term, just thinking about, okay, six months from now, I I don't, I don't even, I don't even know how we're going to like, what is the all clear, you know, and who are we trusting to give us the all clear since it's the, the white house has one thing and the States have another thing and our cities and counties are another thing. And it's just kind of like, oh, and these group of States are working together and the world is not on the same page. Just like the leadership seems very fractured, but whatever that all clear looks like, I feel like some of us are going to go in for the handshake and some of us are going to be like, whoa, no, do not mm-hmm. get near me. And that's, it just like makes me so sad to think about the interpersonal confusion and awkwardness and even pain that that's going to, that that's going to cause. Yeah. And it definitely, I'm a very empathetic person. So I've been, I feel other people's pain really deeply and I feel the, the heaviness of the world and it's tough. And, and I, I feel so sad thinking about the younger generation. I mean, um, I'm going to be 29 next month. So Hmm. definitely my life has changed. Um, you know, getting into that next stage mm-hmm. in my thirties and, and what that looks like. But, uh, you know, all the people that are in high school or middle school or elementary school, like they're going to grow up differently because of this. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. And so I, I try not to think that it's going to be a bad thing. I mean, of course it's going to be different, but um, we just have to try to make the best of it, especially for the people that are younger than us. Mm, yes, very true. 
All right. Um, give us two two more questions. Give us what's the pitch? Where can we find uh, Wex online? What do you want us to follow? How do you want us to follow your work? And what's the pitch for getting involved right now under the current circumstances, but also for the future? Yeah, definitely. So you can learn more about what we're up to at uh, Women Empower X, and that's just the letter X, all over social media and same womenempowerx.com. And that's empower like empowerment. And, uh, and so you can look, you know, what we're doing there, sign up for our email list to stay up to date when we announce uh, different things that we're working on. Um, and then also personally, uh, at Alexa Rose Carlin, I'm mostly active on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and I share a lot of insight and deeper knowledge and inspiration behind kind of the things that we're talking about today to help people further on um, in their goals and achieve what they want. And I also host a live show on Instagram and TikTok every morning, Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's sometimes I come on with a topic. Sometimes I'm just you know answering questions, but it's always on um, things to help fuel your growth and get you to that next level. Awesome. And um, yeah, so definitely just uh, connect with me there. Perfect. Last question. Maybe we can end on, an, on a little bit of an up, although um, restaurants have been closed, but hopefully they're still doing takeout. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite uh, South Florida restaurant and what's your go-to order there? Oh, that's a good one. Um, my favorite South Florida restaurant, um, I'll say the, my favorite since I left mm-hmm. um, because I, I've had a ton of different favorites, but yeah. um, Con Pie. It's like K-A-N-P-A-I. Um, and I'm hoping they're still open. I'm sure, I'm sure they will be, but it's in East Boca Raton and it's such an awesome sushi, um, uh, Korean barbecue place. And, um, they have the best happy hour. So they have happy hour like, uh, before seven o'clock or whatever. I don't know. They have an early Uh happy hour, but they also have a late happy hour. So me and my friends would always go like after 10 PM, after you go out, you go there and they make it like darker. They have really loud music. They also have, um, a bar that has the floating sushi. So you could just like pick up a plate and it's like floating around and, um, you stack up the plates and, it's it's fun. So my go-to was um I think it was called the crunchy roll or something and okay. uh their spring rolls. So good. <laughs> awesome. I do Thank miss you. that place. <laughs> oh, it sounds good. I I did the I recorded a podcast the other day and the same thing happened where I was like, I asked this question and I realized that it was three o'clock and I hadn't eaten lunch and it made me so hungry. <laughs> listening to the answer. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you, Alexa, so much for, for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you all so much for listening. The SoFlow Circle is produced by Stone Circle Media, a Fort Lauderdale-based media company that makes videos you'll want to show everyone. Again, I'm your host, Tim Davis, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stone Circle Media. Please give the podcast a rating and review, which will help more people in our South Florida business ecosystem find the show. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.